Shanghai Chronicles. This is episode 136. Bitch, say what? I hope everyone had a wonderful weekend. It is Monday, so we're preparing ourselves for this work week, okay? Woo! And we hope it's a quick one, okay, people? Because I dread Mondays now. It's just like, I feel like we need an extra weekend day, and Monday needs to be that day. Like, even if I'm off on Friday, I still feel that... I need to have that Monday off. Like, if I take off on Friday, I don't feel like that's enough. I need to have the extra day, the other extra day, because Mondays be the worst, okay? I know it's been a while um, since I did a show, people. I think it's maybe maybe like three weeks or so. So I do appreciate everyone bearing with me, still listening, you know, still streaming and doing all of those things. Um, so much to discuss, so much to talk about, so much to dig into, so let's go. Um, so of course we're going to start with Damn America. So the Damn America topic that we have, that I'm going to discuss pretty much, not that we have, but you know, um, it's this damn CDC. So, you know, now, you know, the CDC, it's almost like they lost their minds, y'all, with the new recommendations they done came out with. So, apparently, vaccinated people don't have to wear no mask no more. Mask is over. And most of the states are, like, lifting the mask mandates and not requiring them in certain places. But it's just like, okay, how are you supposed to know who's vaccinated? How are you supposed to know who's not vaccinated? People are going to lie and say they are vaccinated so they don't have to wear their mask. So it's just like, okay, what are we doing here? So it's like when the CDC announced it, it almost was like, damn, like... The people that had all these conspiracy theories about the virus in the first place, like now they really want to think that something is going on because y'all done came out and announced this fuckery, this foolery. Like, what? First of all, listen, no matter what they tell you, what they should have been telling people is even though you get the vaccine, you can still catch COVID. It's just that you will not die from it. You still have to do the same things. Now they're coming out saying you don't have to wear a mask. So you really don't know who's vaccinated, who isn't vaccinated. You don't know any of these things. Unless, I mean, are you going up to people now and be like, hey, so are you vaccinated? Like, nobody is doing that, okay? That would be weird and it would probably, like, freak somebody out. Then on top of that... A lot of people are still not getting vaccinated. A lot of people don't believe in vaccinations. A lot of people don't trust the vaccination. So it's just like, how are you guys coming up with these guidelines? And, you know, it just goes back to the whole thing. You know, is the government trying to kill us? Because are they trying to do the depopulation type thing? You know, like, why would they tell people that they can go out here without mask on if they're vaccinated and a lot of people you know um have been deciding and saying that you know they're still going to wear their mask a lot of people was like oh so is COVID over you know so you're getting all these mixed things I mean I just feel that you know we've been in this thing for a year I don't have a problem 
with things opening, but I think I'm more I'm more comfortable with the capacity level still being on certain things. Like I, I I'm comfortable with that. I mean, if people want to get to normal, to be honest with you. We are never going to get back to normal. There's never going to be a normal. So we can just stop using that word, stop using it in our vocabulary. Like, oh, I want things to get to normal. Like, no, it's no more normal. It's not happening. And to be honest with you, I may wear my mask just because, just like the Chinese have been doing. So like when you see Chinese people over here before this whole virus thing started, they were wearing masks. And we used to always look at them. I think I said this before. We used to always look at them and be like, well, why did they got that damn mask on? Like, what the hell? That's because they was preparing for this shit, okay? They knew something was going to be happening. Something. So, it's like at this point, you know, the mask helps out a lot. Shit. It helped me not want to talk to people that I feel like talking to. It helped people not trying to flirt with me and hit on me because they can't see my full face. Okay, but child that don't really help because they still be trying to talk like how you don't even how you don't even know what I look like through this mask through this covering but you're still trying to talk to me it's crazy um you know and it helps with my allergies hell I haven't gotten sick with that mask on since you know things are like in the air and all of that so I'm an advocate of it. I mean, I'm still going to wear it. I know people are probably going to be looking at me crazy, looking at me side-eye. Like, girl, why you still got this mask on? But, you know, nobody knows or will think to ask me, you know, if I'm vaccinated, you know? Because I don't think that is just, like, information that you should just be disclosing. That's your own personal health business. So, people shouldn't really be going around broadcasting, like, oh, I'm vaccinated. Oh, I'm vaccinated. Oh, here's my card. I'm vaccinated. Like, no, I'm not doing any of that. Um, I do think that with this whole vaccination situation, I do feel that it is going to be mandated coming or will be coming soon. Especially if you want to do international traveling. They're definitely going to mandate it. Um, I know for me, my job is like, you know, trying to get us to come back into the office and they're doing different incentives um, to get us back in. Like, you know, you can do $10,000 No, you can win if you're in the office um, fully vaccinated. You can put your name into a drawing and you may be picked to win $10,000. So, you know, just doing little things like that just to get people vaccinated. And I just feel like, you know, that's a little off, you know, vaccination. Yet again, it's a choice. Either you're doing it for three reasons. Either you're doing it because you live with someone and you don't want to put them in danger, or you're doing it for yourself, or you just decided to, you know, that's what you wanted to do, you know. So I just feel like, you know, at this point with the whole thing, we can't trust anybody. That's just what it boils down to. You can't trust the CDC. You can't trust the White House. You can't trust your governors. You can't trust people. I mean, that's just the that's just the whole thing. Like, we replaced the word trust for normal so no more normal we're just using the word trust like can you trust that this person is going to be doing this correctly can you trust that this person is going to be wearing their mask can you trust that this person you know so and that's what it kind of boils down to it's pretty much like the cdc is like look i done got a job you know numbers are starting to get down you know reporting and now america's Americans, you're on your own. So it's kind of like defend for yourself, you know? So I know a lot of people are going to be happy because, you know, there's no more mask and all this other stuff. But I feel like, you know, we got used to the mask. We got used to wearing them. So what's the point? I mean, it, it, it was a big deal at first. You know, eventually, you know, you get to take it off. If you're going to be eating, drinking, you can, you know, take it off. I just feel like when you're in big, large crowds and, you know, people talking in your face and all over you and your personal space, because people do do that, you know, that mask is a layer of protection. So 
I ain't getting rid of mine. When they announced it, I was like, say what now? I said, it's going to say what? And I'm just like, mm-mm, nope, not doing it. So, you know, y'all had fun with that. Um, I did see, you know, the numbers are going down. So they say, you know, Texas talking about they reported they didn't have any deaths since last year. So, you know, they've been open. So I don't really know what to expect from this. I mean, it's going to be a shit show for sure. It's going to be really all over the place. Um, You know, I don't know how they're determining all of this. Like, this is what I will say. If the numbers don't go up, it's because of two things. Either people are getting vaccinated or... I don't want to be one of those people. Or this was just like... A political thing. I know. I know. I didn't want to go there, but you know, you never know. Um, but um, I honestly, deep down, don't think it's a political thing. I think this thing is very real. I think people, you know, kind of took it a little bit for granted a little bit because they thought it was like a Hulk type thing, but people don't take it seriously until it like affects them and it's in their, you know, family and things like that. But Listen, y'all, don't listen to them damn CDC, okay? If you want to listen to anybody, listen to me, okay? Wear your damn mask. Wear the mask. If you feel like you in an area and you can't social distance or whatever, hell, if somebody is talking to you and they breath stink, put your damn mask on, okay? Because you're protecting your nose from smelling their nasty-ass breath. So just do that, you know? Do that. If you out and somebody's smoking a cigarette and you don't want to smell the smell, put your mask on, okay? Hey, just put your mask on. Put Wear the damn mask. Wear it. That's all I got to say. Um, so... Our next thing that I want to discuss, you know, for Damn America topic, these Republicans, baby, you know, I tweeted today. I'm like, you know, both of these political parties are a hot ass mess. Every last, both of them, every last one of them, Democrats, Republicans, they all a fucking mess, a mess. So, you know, these um, Republicans in Texas, they passed a bill um, to stop teachers from teaching about racism in the classroom and it pretty much all of this pretty much came about after you know this summer with people protesting because of George Floyd and all the different um, police shootings that we have seen which I feel that the media does control some of these things because they do know that black people we feed off our emotions like our emotions we let our emotions get the best of us and the media knows that but that's for another damn American topic but um when I was reading the article pretty much you know it was just pretty much saying that um it's gonna prohibit critical race theory from being taught in the classroom so I guess pretty much what they are saying is that, like, it's not... How can I say this? Mm. I guess they're trying to say, like, it's not up to the teachers to kind of teach the whole, like, you don't see color type thing. Like, you know, that's for the parents to do. Um, But... With the with the history of things and the heights of how everything is, it can be a little hectic in the classroom. You know, we're starting to see now when things are getting discussed and talked about, you know, kids are getting picked on, you know, schools are coming up with all these different types of things, doing Black History Month and just stuff that just doesn't make any sense. Um, with the bill... Uh, The bill is, um, the code is HB 3979. So it was passed with a 79 to 65 vote. And pretty much, of course, all the Republicans, you know, favored the bill. Um, So, like I said, you know, they argued that unpacking, like, come, come, like unpacking um, controversial politics 
you know, is not for the teachers to do, it's for the parents to do. And, you know, a lot of parents, you know, they teach their kids, you know, to hate. A lot of parents do not. Um, Now, when it comes to school, you know, with the whole social studies and history, um, if I can recall, I don't really remember, honestly. Like, I I think we, you know, I feel like in February with Black History is kind of when it was, uh, you know, a thing for us to learn about certain things. Um... But I feel like in, like, American history and things like that that we had to, you know, take, it was pretty much just showing the white side. You know what I'm saying? Like, the white side of things. Like, you know, I feel like we didn't really kind of get into slavery and get into, you know, black people having economics and things and, you know what we went through as people and things until it was kind of every February when it was Black Christmas Month. Um, But now, since, you know, we have these protests and, you know, it's a lot of social media, these conversations have become a lot, a bit, you know, more challenging for the parents, no, for the teachers and some for parents as well, especially black parents. Um, I feel like, you know, the children, kids, you know, they are, they're the the today, they're the tomorrow and they're the future. And I feel like teachers should be able to teach whatever if they, you know they feel they want to teach because you know they come up with those lesson plans. I just you know there's other bills that could have been passed. You know these are things that I'm you know like <laughs> this is a bill that is just like not major. Like we still have the anti lynching bill still on people's desk. You know that fake ass police form bill George form. I'm George I'm Floyd that y'all want to pass. Like, it's certain other things that we could have passed, but these are the Republicans, you know? So, you know, they said the bill was written in a clever way. They said, I kind of read the bill a little bit, but it, it was a lot. But um, they say, you know, you can't talk about race in the classroom, um, but you can't talk about the privilege of whites supremacy I guess they're saying so pretty much you know one of the because this is pretty much this is coming from one of the Democrats there he pretty much kind of said like you know you can't talk about race in the classroom but you can't talk about privilege or white supremacy and it doesn't outright ban talking about race but you know the idea of everything and the idea that, you know, the landmines, this, any conversation is, in, you know, it's, it's going to be about race. Like, it's almost impossible. Um, you know, and they said, you know, the scope of the bill was, like, very broad. And um, it's, it have like, it's going to have, like, that effect on social studies and civics, you know. It's going to have that effect on teachers. Um, I don't know. I just feel like that was something that could have waited. I don't think that it was a big of a deal to even have it passed, to be honest. Um, you know, I, I guess, I guess in their defense, I guess, you know, they've been seeing certain things that have been occurring in the schools which have been disrespectful to black people. So, you know, maybe I'm just going to give them a little benefit of the doubt. Maybe that is their way of trying to sympathize, um, sympathize with uh, black people. Who knows? Um, but I just feel like, you know, with school... We should, you know, teach our children 
everything, you know? Like, we should be able to dig deep and show them, you know, certain parts of history and the rights and the wrongs and, you know, have that free speech, have those open dialogue conversations because, you know, you to be honest, you, you never know. You never know what these children think or what these, you know, how these children feel. And, you know, when y'all have these discussions in the classroom and, you know, things are being, you know, taught, um, it kind of, it's like, it kind of puts things, I guess, in a different perspective for children. I don't know. Um, and then also, too, you know, a lot of things like this whole thing, the bill, you know, they don't want people to know, honestly, let's be truthful. They don't want people to know that black people, you know, built and created every single thing. So it's just like, okay, you know, like, what are we really banding here? So I don't know. I just find it, you know, hilarious. You know, there's so many other things that we could be passing, so many other things that we can be focusing on. Um, you know, but this is this is the bill that they passed. And and they took a poll, they said, um, it was like fifty two percent um of people who identified as Republicans, they said the state should pass laws banning schools from teaching critical race theory. So it's pretty much banding, talking bad about white people. That's how pretty much I kind of <laughs> took from it. Um, oh, and they did say that the, the, um, the bill was to ban mandatory teaching of the, six, the 1619 Project. Um, Because that, uh, you know, aims to, like, reframe any disparaging um, narratives around slavery and race. So um, they said that they wanted to make sure that the amendment is making sure that the history is taught and not a journalistic creative story that someone came up with, pretty much, which he's alluding to the one of the senators was alluding to that 1619 project. Um, you know, and somebody asked him, like one of the senators asked him, it was like, um, asked, uh, one of, one of the, um, I think it was, uh, one of the senators, he grills like, um, this Republican Steve Toth or something. And he pretty much said, you know, uh, would you be open to an amendment regarding that we teach the history of white supremacy and teach students that is morally wrong. And he was like, no, I'm not. So, (laughs) you know, hey. I just think, you know, these conversations, these things, these ideas of things should be taught, should be, you know, brought into classrooms, brought into homes, because the type of world that we're living in right now, it's a very, uh, it's a very um, interesting one that I'm going to say. Um, you know, this one was a little bit, you know, kind of, it was a kind of tricky kind of to me because it's just like, it's kind of like surprising. Like, what? Like, what are we doing here? Like, what are y'all talking about? Like, I just, mm. so they're pretty much they're going to say like, it's a, it's a critical race theory. It's a practice. It's an approach to grappling with the history of white supremacy that rejects the belief that's what's in the past is in the past. And that the laws and the systems that grow from that past are detached from it. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, I agree with them. You know, when they say that, you know, 
unpacking, you know, things that are happening today with politics and police shootings. Those are things that the teacher should not be doing. That's something for the child, you know. And, you know, to be honest with you, some of the teachers have to be parents in a sense because some of these students don't have parents. Some of these students don't see mother and dad and some of these parents, students don't live in a two-person household and they may go to school and see that uh, father figure there, you know, you know, you never know. So I just feel like it's kind of just like, I don't think the teachers are like teaching about racism. It's just like, I don't think it's like they think it's an idea to like whitewash American history because why? Because they're talking about what black people did. I think it's just, I think it's just because they're talking and going to be discussing what black people contribute to American history because they did, you know, like it's it's a lot in there. So you know, maybe they don't want it to start being like, you know, like, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe they think, you know, the kids are going to be, you know, violent toward each other or rude towards each other. I don't know. Like, I don't I don't know what their whole mind frame was from the whole thing. But, you know, I just find it quite... Uh, quite interesting and you know you want to dictate these things to these teachers how about y'all pay them some more money you know like how about that you know y'all want to dictate what they should be able to teach and what they should be able to do they're not even getting getting uh paid that much money to do all of these things and have it this way and that way like what it's no point um but hey Uh, so pretty much they want to like this legislation because I'm reading some of the bill. It's part of a widespread, widespread conservative effort to prevent radical political and economic um, polarization from entering the classroom. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, well, this bill is something. I mean, it got passed with flying colors, so. This is what our Republicans are voting on. The Republicans of Texas. This is what they're voting on. They say we should be educating our children, not indoctrinating them. Well, they are educating them. Like, what do you mean? Like, what? Like, I guess, you know, one of the social studies teachers was like, you know, for the Black Lives Matter thing, she said they had now more than ever they had to have, they had to navigate some really challenging conversations. Yeah, because I guess you know the kids they want to know they don't understand. So you know, hey, okay. I you know whenever I do have children, you know I'm definitely gonna keep them well educated, keep them you know, knowing X, Y, and Z, you know, you have to, because these teachers only teach what is in those books, you know, the curriculum, you know, some of them may go outside of the curriculum. That's a very few. And maybe that bill is probably trying to stop that a little bit. Instead of like teaching about what today's climate, they probably just want them to teach, you know, stick to that certain curriculum. Who knows? Who knows? But I mean, there's so many other things, Republicans, that we could have been passing, but hey, who am I? Uh, so let's get into our rising star. So our rising star, we have Eric Campbell. Um, he is with a value investment group out in Atlanta. He's a partner there. So pretty much um, he grew up in Hagerstown, Maryland, um, grew up in poverty in Hagerstown. By the age of 25, he was running operations and strategy for Uber in the Middle East and Africa. So that's dope. Uh, He served on the Uber Eats founding team for that region. And now he works with Rashawn Williams at Value Investment Group, which is a private family office 
working with black athletes and entertainers from Larry Fitzgerald to Two Chains. And he has helped raise and deploy $25 million so far um, in companies such as Epic Games, Airbnb, uh, Lime, which is previously Lyft, um, Pinterest, and DraftKings. And more than 100 athletes and entertainers have completed his five-week training program on venture investments. So that's dope because um, a lot of young Black athletes need to learn about investing their money. So I like that. Um, He has the Bachelor of Arts in Science from the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. Okay. All right, Chapel Hill. So shout out to Eric Campbell. He is our rising star, young black king. Okay. All right. Oh, so I had another little topic, y'all, I want to discuss real quick. Um, this TV host, his name is John Oliver. And <laughs> he pretty much, you know, addresses white America about their obsession with black hair and pretty much like the lack of understanding and the lack of interest in understanding when it comes to women and black hair. Um, so I believe last week he, um, I don't know if he did like a, on, I think it was like last week tonight or something like that. Um, he pretty much addressed white America and he opened up y'all I thought it was so cute when I was watching it (laughs) he opened up with a clip from the Real Housewives of Atlanta um starring which which, was I think the clip was featuring Kenya and like Portia when he was just like oh yeah you know your edges do matter and um you know he was like he likes to keep his laid while acknowledging that Mondays are like a wash day because that's what some girls say you know like natural girls girls that are natural like oh yeah today is like wash day and detangling day so I thought that was cute cute okay so after you know he opens up with that he pretty much um admitted that you know he probably wasn't the best person to discuss this to talk about this you know subject but he wanted to highlight it because it's a it, like it's long overdue like it's so ignored in the mainstream culture that you know he wanted to discuss it so what i found that was like so um funny was that he um said you know white people don't understand a lot about black hair so he was saying like the lack of their understanding the lack of their interest you know there's real consequences to women in professional settings when it comes to their hair um so you know cory booker he had introduced a bill where it's called like um well no 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 he induced a, a federal version of the Crown Act in 2019. So pretty much the bill was passed in North Carolina and it was passed in California. So he kind of pointed out discrimination against women of color and discrimination against black hair. Um, so he outlined that you know, natural hair is not accepted um, in the workplace. You know, it's not considered to be the thing that you, you know, do. That's why, you know, with a lot, a lot of black girls, they pretty much kind of like keep changing their hair almost every month almost because they're trying to, you know, be accepted into this white society at work so a lot of girls don't wear their natural hair they may wear like weaves they may um you know straighten their hair things like that so something that i found um interesting in his um video is that he said that dove which is a member of the um um they're a member of um 
one of the groups pushing for the legislation reform for um, hair discrimination. They discovered that um, black women are 1.5 times more likely to be sent home or know a person that got reprimanded for their hair. And then the study also found that 80% of black women felt the need to change their hair from its natural state, like I just said, to fit and work in the workplace. So I thought that was nice. You know, I wouldn't say it was nice. I pretty much would just say, like, you know, some people out there, they get it. You know, they understand. Um, you know, black women, our hair shouldn't be viewed or judged by pretty much what is comfortable for white people because it doesn't belong to them. Like, this is our hair. It shouldn't affect them and no shape or form um and they shouldn't even have an opinion on it at all and that's kind of kind of just what he was you know explaining pretty much and he pretty much also went into how um black people aren't getting hired or they're getting fired and black students are getting teased or removed from school all because of their hair and since professionalism you know gets defined by white people which we know um it's like they you know have these standards and these expectations you know let me tell you something you know working in corporate america you know working with you know different nationalities and races you know i try to wear my hair in so many different ways, you know, so many different ways that I'm feeling, you know, comfortable. And to the point where my white counterparts, they do love it. They're just like, oh my God, you know, how did you get your hair like this? How did you do this? How did you do that? You know, it's, you know, they're amazed by it. And, you know, when we go into interviews, black women, we don't want to wear our braids. You know, we want to have our hair straight and we, you know, we don't want to do X, Y, and Z. And for some people, I don't think it's because they are afraid they don't want to get the, you know, some, yeah, let me take that back. Some people are, they just like, you know, I'm not going to be able to get a job with braids in my hair. So I need to do my hair. Some people are just confident enough that they know their resume, the way they talk, the way they present themselves is going to be the be all and all like that's going to get them the position and then some people are just like "Uh, uh-uh, i can't do this with my hair so i'm i'm kind of when i listened to it i was like thank you for bringing this up i was like you know you're not the right person no to give a lesson to your people but you have educated yourself enough that you understand and you get it you know so through the whole video y'all he kind of like gave a brief lesson on black hair, um, he shared how um, how our ancestors were forced to shave their hair off, and you know during slavery. He also shared that by the 1960s, black hair was seen as a radical act of self um, acceptance and political power. Because you know, with the political power, you know, you had the Angela Davises with the big, you know, afros and things like that. You know, so and they throwing up the pe- you know, the fists and stuff. So. I appreciated him for doing that. I appreciated him for shining a light on that because even though we do have the Crown Act, it is still relevant to this. Like, black hair for black women will always be a topic of discussion all the time. And honestly, it's a big, it's sometimes as black women are kind of looking at other black women like, well, damn, why would she wear that hair like that in the office like that? Like, why would she have pink hair? Like, for example, my mom had a girl who worked there, worked at her company, federal government, and homegirl had pink hair, green hair. And I was like, damn, she came to work with that pink and green hair like that? Jesus, you know, like, so even black women can come, you know, can come at other black women and just be like, well, girl, why would you wear your hair like that at work? Like, why do you wear your hair like, like, what? Like, what was they saying at work? You know what I'm saying? So 
it's just a lot, you know. I always say to people that, you know, your hair doesn't define you. Your hair doesn't, you know, make you make you who you are as a person. But with us, black people, black women, black men, if they have, you know, everyone thinks that black men that have dreads are, you know, into any and everything. You know, there's so many, you know, stereotypes. And, you know... Black, white people want hair like us, okay? My hair is so thick and beautiful that when it's out, everyone is amazed. Like, everyone. Even the Africans, amazed. Like, you know, I was in the 7-Eleven yesterday and this guy that was ringing me up, he was just looking at me and I was like, oh, is something okay? He was like, no, your hair. He was like, it's just so nice and thick and beautiful. I'm like, oh, thank you so much, you know? So, it, it, it. It's a lot, but thank you, Oliver. Like, thank you for waking your people up and giving them a little lesson or two. Okay, thank you. So I had to bring that up because I'm just like, oh, this was fascinating. I I was glad that I came across the video and watched it because I'm like, oh yeah, this is still happening to this day. Still happening to this day. Um, matter of fact, I feel like it just happened kind of recently with a girl. Um, who was doing, was it baseball, I think? I think it was baseball, and she had to cut something, cut her hair or something, one of them. I may have the stories mixed up, but it was something like that. She was a young girl, but, you know. Listen, love your black hair. Love your hair, ladies, okay? Love the natural state of it. Love it straight. Love it with braids. Love it with color. Just love it regardless, okay? Listen, white people appropriating black hairstyle is just, you know, it's it's... It, it's to the point where you know we're pissed it's like damn we can't even have shit you know what i'm saying and it makes it and it can make it harder for black people to fight discrimination concerning their hair if you white people are appropriating black hairstyle you know what i'm saying so like it's a lot but hey thanks okay all right so let's get into the twerk something segment because the twerk something segment woo child woo child bitch say what okay bitch say what so, you know, the Hall of Fame was this weekend with Kobe. Kobe parents were not invited, which I think it was very shady. I don't know who part it was done on, but I just thought it was kind of like flaky. Here, this man, you know, it's been a year since his death. We still mourn Kobe. We're still mourning Gigi. You know, at first I was looking at Vanessa like, damn, this poor lady, you know, her, she's going through a lot, everything. And then I was talking to one of my girlfriends and she was just like, you know, Shay, I told you that she don't sit right with me. You know, anytime she did ask my to her own mother, this, that, and the third. And so, like, a post came out about the parents not being there. And, you know, she's thinking everybody. And it's just like, okay, Kobe's father played basketball, taught him everything he knew about the game, his mother, all of that. Whatever they had going on a long time ago i feel like they've probably talked about it discussed it 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 is what it is it was done with but for them not to be at the hall of fame was really upsetting to me because it's just like we don't know how this could have helped them with their whole grieving process like they can still be grieving they can still be going through x y and z you know they can still be trying to you know heal any of these things and i think if they would have if they would have been invited to this hall of fame ceremony i think it would have made them feel so good but we won't get to see it like they weren't there. And I just think that was really messed up. I don't know who did the inviting. I'm not going to sit there and kind of blame all of it on Vanessa. But it's like, you know, I'm looking. I see Sierra. I see Russell. Russell don't even play basketball, but he did. I see Lala. Lala everywhere. And I'm like, okay, they've been her support system. Get it. But it's just like, damn, where the parents at? Why can't the mother and father get up there and speak? Why can't they say, you know, the father say a speech like, oh, no, when Kobe was younger, I taught him X, Y, and Z, and he just loved, you know, we ain't get to, we ain't get to hear that, you know? So, 
now I'm kind of, you know, I know she mourning. I know she is, y'all. I know she doesn't, you know, it's hard. Lose a husband, lose a daughter. I get it all. But something, something ain't right. And something ain't right. And I don't know what it is. I ain't put my finger on it yet. I ain't put my damn eyes on it yet. But I'm going to get on it. And when I do, I'm just going to be like, okay, mm-hmm. Okay, I just hope I don't just be like, okay, Vanessa, what? You know, like, giving her a little side-eye. I hope I'm not. But, yeah, I, I I just thought that was whack. And, you know, a lot of people will argue, oh, well, he did it. You know, they try to get him for money. Da, 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 da. Let me tell you something. It's your parents. I don't give a, I don't care what happening, what you're going through. They will always be your parent, okay? Who cares? Y'all can argue to the wheels fall off. At the end of the day, that's your mother, that's your father. They birthed you. So I just, you know, it is what it is. But I'm just trying to figure out, like, who did that guest list? Okay, who did it? Um, and Vanessa probably was unbothered. She ain't probably thought. I think the, the sister best friend came out and told us that. Mm-hmm. She sure did. And, you know, Escape had their verses last weekend, and I thought it was beautiful because, you know, last last week was Mother's Day, yeah. And I thought it was nice, y'all. I thought it was beautiful. I love um, Tiny. That's my girl. That's my birthday twin now, okay? Love her to death. You know, nobody can take that from me. That's my birthday twin, and say what you want to say. But, you know, now this whole thing with... Another thing came out about a victim saying that they pressured her into have sex with Nelly. Listen, and I'm not going to stay too long on this situation, this topic, but I see it 50-50. I see it where, okay, nobody can force anybody to do shit. You know, were they grown? What was, you know, age, whatever. Then I'm just like, okay, why everybody coming out now all of a sudden like you know what's happening but then i also think like damn you never know what a person is going through mentally what they're going through just in the whole death of everything why they decided to come forth i don't know but what what i will say is that tiny and ti ain't thought and I think the way that they're moving lets people, you know, know and feel that they're, you know, innocent because they could have just been in hiding. They could have just been not posting, not talking, not doing anything. And do I feel like they was up in there doing shit with them girls? Probably. They probably were because, you know, Tiny was doing any and everything to keep that man. So... I don't know what they was doing, but I don't personally think that these girls are going over there, you know, thinking that they, you know, going to have sex. You know, like, it's like when you go out, when you go out for the night, go out with your girls, you ain't thinking about niggas that you want to have sex with or people that you want to fuck or whatever. As the night goes on, the night progresses. And if it happens, it just happens. Like, so you just never know. And this situation is, it's a, it's a lot. You know, I'm just waiting to see what's going to happen, waiting to see, like, how it's going to go down. Are they just trying to bring the black man down, you know, because that is also the narrative, too. Like, these successful black men, you know, because look at Como. Como shit just went underneath the rug. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, hmm, hmm, I don't know about this. You know, like, hmm, 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 hmm. So we'll see. Um... Listen, Nicki Minaj is back, bitches, and you better get ready, okay? Are you scared or what? Because this bitch, she released a a, a mixtape that already was out, but she put four new songs on there. That's crazy, okay? She's doing a little. She's throwing a little bit of subliminals up in there for sure. She's getting a lot of people together, and you know, ever since she done came back, the Cardi's and the Megans has been quiet. And I'm kind of glad that Nicki came back. The only thing I don't like about Nicki Minaj is she never shows homage to Little Kim. That's the only thing that I don't like about Nicki Minaj. Other than that, Nicki Minaj is cool, all right with me. She can rap. She can um, 
go over into pop. She can do all of that, but she never shows homage to Little Kim. You know, Little Kim was the first one given the colorful wigs, given the sexy, given all of that. She never wants to pay that homage. She wanted to, like, one time give homage to Foxy Brown. I'm like, bitch, Foxy Brown. What the fuck? Foxy Brown? We still trying to figure out Foxy Duff in one ear or not. Like, what are you talking about? Foxy Brown? Girl, Foxy Brown? Foxy Brown was for the... Foxy Brown was for the girls, but Lil' Kim was for the girls. Okay? Like, it's totally different. But that new little... That new little joint, you know, that Scotty Bean, that thing. That thing jumping. It's jumping. I ain't gonna front. That bitch spitting. That bitch is spitting. It's jumping. I'm, it's not giving me... <laughs> It's not giving me TikTok dances like she says, okay? It's giving me bars, you know, and I can appreciate it. So thanks, Nick. Thank you. Thank you, Nick. Um, you know, Lamar Odom is my guy, y'all. You know, I have his book, I've read it. It gave me a different perspective of him. Listen, he loves that Chloe, and I just wish that Chloe would just leave Tristan Thompson ass and just get back with Lamar. And Lamar can take care of him. You know, he's a changed man now. He could be a stepdaddy to True. He can do all of that. He will really be there for the family, I feel like. But now, just, you know, his ex is trying to pay him out to not pay no child support and talking about she getting evicted. You know, this is what I don't understand. Where are these bitches' jobs? Like, what is y'all jobs? And you can't tell me that your job is promoting tummy tea. Like, what exactly do you bitches do for a living, first of all? And like he said in the post, all his kids are grown. So, like, what exactly are y'all doing? Like, what are y'all doing? So, you know, she was on Basketball Wives talking about, oh, Lamar... You know, he owes X, Y, and Z and this, that, and the third. Girl, your kids are 18. Matter of fact, not even 18. I think they probably like 19, 20. Like, the way that she was sounding, you would have thought these kids was like 12 or some shit. Like, get a job, bitch. Get a job. Go work somewhere. Like, I'm not saying that you got to work at McDonald's or Chick-fil-A or no shit. But, like, do something. Do something like why are you sitting back here waiting and depending on fucking child support? And the key word here is child support. Like it's for the child. Like then she wants to live in this high ass expensive place in Manhattan. But you need to go live in Jersey. Okay, you need to go over across that damn bridge. But I'm glad Lamar stuck up for himself because she's been doing that crying and boohooing since he's been with Chloe, okay? And it's like, girl, you need to have your own identity. Like, it's not, you know, you're still Lamar's girl. Like, you're always going to be the mother of his children, but you need to kind of form your own identity. Like, you need to let that go. It's like, bitch, say what? Say what now? You about to get evicted. Girl, bye. Go work, okay? Go work somewhere. Um, hmm, mm. No, Joe Button, baby. That Joe Button is something. You know, he did his little rant with my with Roy and Mal Mall. And you know, I went to go see Joe Button live podcast, and I wasn't going to see Joe Button. I was going because I'm a podcaster myself, so I'm going to get some different tips, look at different things. And to be honest with you, when I was there, you know, Roy and uh, Mall gave me everything I needed. You know, like, they were funny. They feeded off each other. They they were good. And, you know, some shit happened behind the scenes. And I just think that, you know, it's a mess of a situation. I do feel like, you know, I was telling my friend, um... Danny, I was saying, you know, just looking at Joe Button on his live when he was like kind of explaining because, you know, after he went on his rant and fired them on air, you know, Rory and Mal came out and they pretty much gave their side and pretty much it's a money thing. And, you know, when Joe was on his live, he was just looking like it was all over the place. And I just said to myself and I said to my friend, I'm like, I just hope his ass not on them drugs again because it was giving me that type of vibe. It was just like, okay, Joe, what's going on? Then now we got the girl coming out 
talking about, you know, the reason why she left the Joe Button Network because he was, you know, saying things and sexually harassing her. And when I looked at one of the videos, you know, Joe was doing a lot. He was doing a lot. And he's always had this, you know, narcissist type of you know, attitude. He's always done a lot to women. We've seen that with Tahiri. We've seen that with Sin. You know, Joe just really fucked up a good thing. You know, he fucked up the good thing. The podcast was a really good thing. It was great. And I loved it. I entertained it. But Joe Biden is the fucking character, okay? When I saw the day, I was like, bitch, say what? <laughs> I was like, he fired him on it. I mean, he just was yelling. He was just yelling and screaming. I mean, he was yelling. I'm just like, damn, Joe, have you turned into Meek Mill number two? Like, why you keep yelling all the damn time? It was a mess. But, you know, Joe, you know, he just fucked up a good thing. He really did. You know, I thought he was real foul with the whole academics thing. Like, he just got a lot with him. And a lot of people is sick of him. They sick of him. They sick of his shit. So, hmm. But, you know, this is the topic of everything. And, you know, I've been waiting to get on this topic. And it's a topic, you know. It is a topic. That fucking Portia. Ho ass Williams. Okay. Ooh, baby, where do we start with this? <laughs> so, you know. I always say that Real Housewives of Atlanta needs a new cast. It needs a revamp. It needs. A whole bunch of everything. But this bitch done went out here. Oh, Lord. She's engaged to a married man. Not only is she engaged to a married man. She's engaged to a girl. They bought on the show that they wanted to be a friend of Portia. So, basically, you know... How we watched the show, she was brought in to Portia's friend. Portia brought her sister over there, brought Tanya over there, just smoking hookah in the pool. Of course, Portia got you know how the girls wear the wear the um, see through pants with the ruffles on the side with their bathing suits. She had she had them on. I called them the thought pants. She had a pair of thought pants on, and you know she's fist pumping the husband, all of that. And then Mother's Day come in this post. Oh, I'm like, okay. Dennis is hanging out with the girl's ex-husband because we had already saw that they were, you know, getting a divorce. She let that marinate for a little bit. We was trying to figure it out. And then this bitch hit us with a bomb and told us that she's been she's engaged to him. They've been dating for a month. And I said... <laughs> I said, bitch, I said, bitch, come again. <laughs> You've been dating for a month. But, you know, the part that got me was how she emphasized that her and Fallon is not friends. You know what bitches ain't shit when they got to emphasize, oh, we wasn't friends. I don't know her. I don't hang out with her a couple of times. We didn't do X, Y, Z, bitch. But when you hang out with her, your eyes and none of that was on what y'all was doing. Your eyes and shit was on the prize, which was her man, her husband, who's worth $40 million. Okay. She knew Dennis ain't want her no more. Okay. He been around Atlanta, rumor, fucking animals and doing all other type of dirty shit. But then you just go low dirty. Like, even if, even, even if this is for a storyline, how low can you go for a storyline, bitch? How low can you go? We could have, you could have kept up that fake ass Black Lives Matter activist shit that you was doing. But you stooped so low that you went down to get engaged to somebody else's husband? Girl. Girl. I I just didn't even know what else to say, y'all. I was just like, bitch, say what? And, you know, the girls is Cynthia and her. Portia unfollowed Cynthia. Sheree was in Africa uh, with, um, I think Simon was there, Akon's event or some shit so you know they trying to bring Sheree, uh, Sheree back and I'm sure she know the tea and apparently all the girls knew of this or something after they uh, filmed the reunion it's just messy 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 and what got it for me was Portia 
We're still walking around here, still posting, no shame, no nothing. And I just want y'all to know, you know, she's a June cancer and I, July cancers, we don't do that. Okay. We don't do no shit like that. All right. At least I ain't never met none. But I'm just like, bitch, you are just low. I mean, low, low, bitch, low. Like, I just can't even fathom, can't even fathom. Like, it was so many things to pick out of that. You're engaged. You've been dating for a month. You're so in love. Like, what? Uh, Oh, and how, how could I forget about this part? Dennis and him gonna co-parent, <laughs> bitch. <laughs> Dennis and him gonna co-parent. I mean, that's it, girl. Child, listen, listen, y'all. That's why you gotta keep your circle very small. Keep it very, very small. You know, these celebrities out here, they will sell their souls to the devil. Sell it to devil, Lord. And it don't make no damn sense. None. None. None whatsoever. Sell it to the devil. And I mean, she's selling her soul, her coochie, every damn thing. Okay? Selling it all. The Bravo. Just selling it all. Every bit of it. You know, if I went down her... Portia has had a slither of people on the show. Okay? A lot of people. You know, it, it would take me forever to go through the lineup. But hey, it is what it is. Um, so, oh man, where else would I want to conclude? No, so, girl, I don't even know, but Portia is a lot, you know, and honey, it's just so much shit coming out. Then it was another side girl that came out and she was talking about how Simon was doing X, Y, and Z. But one thing that bitch wouldn't do is she wouldn't tell us if they slept together though. But she was saying how, you know, she did coke in front of him and all this other stuff. And he didn't know that she, he was messing with Portia. The whole situation is just messy, 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 messy. And, you know, Portia was a Portia, let me tell you, Candy was right about her ass. You know, she, she came on the show, married to Cordell. She was, you know, talking about how he let her do X, Y, and Z. Got rid of Cordell, stopped dating him, divorced him. Let me say he's not stopped dating him. Didn't want to be married to him no more, divorced him. Then she was free for a little bit, free bird. Then she got with this other guy for the show, whoever the fuck he was. Then she brought this other guy in and talking about a fucking baby contract. The fuck? And then it was the whole thing with the candy situation, with the dungeon thing. And, like, now we got, you know, the whole thing with Bolo, with the stripper thing. And then now we got this. Now we got this. We got this. She's 39 years old. I'm about to be 40. You know, older people can be hoes, too. But, honey, she is a ho-ho. Okay? A ho. And... If this baby, listen, season 14, I'm sure they're filming it right now. And I'm sure they're, you know, getting getting all the tea. You know, Tammy Roman, she really broke it down really good. And I agreed with her of how she broke it down. And I just want to say that Portia Williams ain't shit. Okay? Ain't shit. And another little scoop of tea that I got too. Somebody said that. Marlo, she would never get a peach because of a rumor of her being a sex worker. I don't know for that to be true. I mean, I remember one reunion, I believe somebody, I think it was Kenya, kept calling Marlo like a prostitute type thing. But I think now that she's like got her nephews and stuff, I don't think she'll be doing nothing like that. I really don't, you know. Do I want Marlo to, Marlo to have a peach? No. I think the role that she plays is perfect. She don't need one. But baby, this Portia. I just can't. Then I saw a video of them dancing today. I'm just like, what the fuck is happening here? What is going on? This is mess. Ah, that's mess. It's messy. It's messy. It's so messy. All right, so... Let's get into what you won't do. So what you won't do, J-Lo, is be back in the studio. Oh, God. And she in the studio, too, like, like looking like she about to 
bring us something, girl. We didn't ask. We ain't want it. We ain't asked for it. Just keep sneaking with Ben Affleck. That's another one, too. That J-Lo was another one, child. Child. <laughs> Let me tell you, honey. She's something else. But that studio thing, mm-mm. We don't need that studio, Jay. Keep that low. Keep that. Keep it. You can keep it all the way. Because after that performance you gave at the inauguration, honey, uh-uh. We don't want it at all. Okay? Well, guys, you know, this is episode 136. Bitch, say what? Okay, listen. The month of May is almost over, okay? I can't believe that it's gone by so fast, but I just hope you guys have a wonderful work week. I hope the work week goes by fast for everybody. Please remember, y'all, don't listen to the CDC, okay? Wear them damn masks, okay? Wear them, okay? Okay, because if not, hmm, y'all gonna have a rude fucking Wagner, Okay. Uh, you know, of course, you guys can catch us on all platforms, Apple, iHeart, Spotify, Anchor, everywhere where this podcast, you can stream us, follow us on social media, Twitter. Uh, we're also looking for sponsors. So, you know, get in my DMs if you want to be a sponsor of the show. We will love it, of course. Um, and I just hope everyone has a wonderful work week. And please, if you got any Porsches as your friends, let them go, honey. Okay? Or don't bring your man around. Or your husband. Or your baby daddy. Or your co-worker. Just don't bring no niggas. Hell, don't bring no bitches either because she probably into them too. Who knows? Just don't bring nobody around her if you got a Porsche in the group. Okay? All right. All right, y'all. Have a good week. And I'm out.